We're going to talk about some of the things that he said towards the end of the halaqah. But Abu Dhar Ghifari was the person who came from Banu Ghifar. His name was Jundum bin Janada. And he is from the scholars of the Sahaba. He's from the early converts. And he comes from a tribe that is known as Banu Ghafar. Banu Ghafar was like the most violent, ruthless type of tribe. They were like a gang. In the sense that Banu Ghafar, they would kill for sport. Other people would kill or they would raid different caravans because they need to do something. Most people perpetrate evil because of their need to do evil. Very few people do evil just because they are built like that. People usually have two aspects of themselves. They have a good side, they have a bad side. And some people, they're just naturally, from top to bottom, everything about them is evil. Abu Dhar Ghifari radiallahu tribe, Banu Ghafar, was like this. They would kill for sport. Now, amongst the Makkans, amongst Quraysh, and the people of Mecca and the Arabs, there were four months that they didn't wage war in. So they waged war throughout the year, but four months they called them Ashur al-Hurab, the sacred months. And in these months, they didn't wage war. Does anyone know what these four months are? Ramadan is not one of them. Ramadan had three wars that took place. Ramadan had the Battle of Badr, the conquest of Mecca. All of these took place in Ramadan. Three months are together. Dhul Qa'da, Dhul Hijjah, and Muharram. Dhul Qa'da is called Dhul Qa'da from the Arabic word Qa'da Yaq'adu, which means to sit down. When you're a prince, Salah, when you're sitting down, it's called Qa'da, or they say Qa'da. Dhul Qa'da is called Dhul Qa'da because that's the month they sit down and they're not going to go and advance towards war. The month after is called Dhul Hijjah. Dhu in Arabic means the one. So Dhul Qa'da, the one where you sit. Then you have Dhul Hijjah. That's the month where you go and do Hajj. And you go for Hajj. Then the month after that is called Muharram. And Muharram means the sacred month. And again, that's the third of three of the four months they're together. Dhul Qa'da, Dhul Hijjah, Muharram. The fourth sacred month is the month we are in right now, called Rajab. They say Rajab is the month of Allah, Sha'ban is the month of Rasulullah and Ramadan is the month of the Ummah. Rajab is a sacred month. So this month, three are together. You have Dhul Qa'ta, Dhul Hijjah, Muharram, they're together. Then you have Safar, Rabi Lawal, Rabi Al-Akhar, Jumad Al-Ula, Jumad Al-Akhar. Then Rajab comes. So now Rajab's in the middle of the year when it comes to not fighting. So the 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 Arabs did something very interesting, which was, it was called Nasi. And Nasi is, is pretty crazy what they did. If they're trying to wage war against someone, and say the month of Rajab is about to come, they will say, well, we're going to delay Rajab for another two months. And right now it's not Rajab, right now it's Ramadan. And they would go back and forth and they would play with the, the calendar. It, they played around with it so much because they were, they were barbaric people. They were people who always waged war. They played around with it so much that the entire year got messed up. Now, which, which month is Muharram? Which is, when is Muharram really happening? When is Safar really happening? No, no one knew. Rasulullah then comes and says that now the entire timeline has set itself accordingly and properly. Like now it is set 
in its right manner, and now we are in the, 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 the correct order of the months. Banu Ghaffa, so, so in these four months, you cannot wage war. Now, at the same time, in these four months, good deeds are maximized and sins are also maximized, till now. The only thing that is has been remitted is that in these four months, war is not prohibited any longer. War is still, uh, you, can, you can fight throughout the year. War, that the, what the Quraysh did, where for the four months where you couldn't wage war, that prohibition no longer lasts. You shouldn't do war in these months, but that prohibition no longer lasts. However, two things remain. Good deeds in this month are maximized, and sins in this month are also maximized. The, ma- the magnitude of good deeds is more valuable in this month, and the magnitude of sins is much higher in this month. The bad you do, the show you do, the fitna, the, the evil you do in this month, you get more sin for it. The more good you do, because we are in Rajab right now. Banu Ghaffar was the only tribe that didn't care. So even in prehistoric Arabia, when everyone considered a sacred month to be a sacred month, Banu Ghaffar didn't care. And Banu Ghaffar would loot for sport. They would loot because they were bored. They would loot and they would raid caravans, but just because they were bored. Abu Dhar Ghaffari was from amongst them. And he came to Makkah Mukarramah to go and see Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because he heard about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he arrives in Makkah Mukarramah, but the climate of Makkah is a bit shaky. It's 50-50. Where, no, not 50-50, it's a very, uh, it's a very aggressive climate. Where the different people of Makkah are all battling against Rasulullah Wasallam. They're persecuting him. They're persecuting the companions of Rasulullah Wasallam, So on and so forth. Abu Dhar knows he has to lay low. So where is he going to go? Who is he going to talk to? He just observes. He can't go stay with anyone. He can't live with anyone. So he says, I lived, in, I lived by the Haram for over two weeks. And I didn't have any money. I couldn't do anything. So all I did was that I would drink zamzam. I had no other food, nothing else. He said, I came as a stick. But by the end of that time, I became fat. Like I could see weight procure upon me due to the amount of zamzam that I drank. And that is why zamzam has a, is, the Prophet says in the hadith of Ibn Majah, ma'u zamzama lima shuribala that the zamzam has unique properties to it. Zamzam grants you what you desire. Zamzam uh, fulfills whatever reason it is drank for. So it has that uh, power to it. Abu Dhar Ghifari radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Jundun bin Janad is his name, so he's waiting. What do I do? Finally, Ali radiallahu anhu comes, and Ali radiallahu anhu looks at him, and it's been a while, and he says, what are you doing over here? And some say that it was nighttime, Ali radiallahu anhu came to pray by the Kaaba, and sees this guy, poor guy, just this loner, is standing by himself. So he goes to him, he says, why are, you, why are you here? What's going on? He says, I heard about a man in Muhammad, and I came to meet him, and I came to see him, sallallahu alayhi Ali radiallahu says, okay, I can take you to him. But listen, people are watching. If you join our team, you'll get canceled. He says, okay, what do I do? He says, how do I come? He says, if you don't follow me too closely, I'm going to keep on walking ahead of you. 
And every time I want a turn to happen, I'm going to bend down and I'm going to start acting like I am fixing my shoelace. And in this way, you know that, okay, it's time to move right, time to move left, wherever you have to go. We'll play it like this. Okay. He comes to Rasulullah, he meets the Prophet, and then he accepts Islam. After he accepts Islam, he goes in front, in the middle of the Kaaba, in front of the Haram. And he exclaims, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah. And everyone in Quraysh gets up and starts beating him until he's black and blue and he's bleeding. And somebody comes and stops and says, Do you know who this guy is? He's part of Banu Ghaffar. If you kill him, all those people, our routes and our caravans go down their route. All those people, our businesses, everything will be jeopardized. <laughs> so they let him go. Abu Dhar the next day comes back into the Karba, stands up and says, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashadu Muhammad Rasulullah. Everyone pounces on him again, beats him up until his face became flat. And they attack him and they kick him and they hit him and they bruise him. Someone comes again, they say, no, this guy is Banu Ghaffar. Can't kill him. He's got, he's got a lot of friends. He knows a lot of people. Let him go. Third day, the same thing happens. Afterwards, so I was like, listen, just calm down a little bit. Don't step, start proclaiming. Go back to your people and give them da'wah. He also becomes a Sahabi that is very uh, ascetic. In the sense that he became, he became like, you know, there's some people that when they come close to Islam, they become very extreme. Mm. That's what happened to him. He became one of those extreme Muslims. To the point that let me break this down now. I'll tell you a few things about him to give you his mentality. He's one of the interesting Sahaba. One day, him and Bilal Allah get into an argument. And he looks at Bilal and he says, Yabn Imrat al-Sawda, you are the son of a black woman. Derogatory term. The moment he says this, the Prophet is walking by and the Prophet hears this. And the Prophet says, You are a person who has jahiliya, ignorance inside you. When he heard the Prophet make this remark, he immediately went to the feet of Bilal and said, forgive me, put your foot on my neck. So humiliate me, degrace me, disgrace me, because I have said something that the Prophet said, you still have jahiliya, ignorance inside you. And then Rasulullah makes a comment and says, they had slaves in those days. So he says, whatever you eat, Make your slaves eat from the same food. Whatever you put clothes you put on, clothe them in a similar manner. So he goes to the extreme. So back in the day, you know now people have a different top and a different bottom. Back in the day, the suit was one. And the top and the bottom, they would match. And that's like basically one outfit. It's like, it's like, it's like how a suit is. If you wore two different colors, it would seem like you're kind of off. Bilal, what he would do, 
is that he would wear, if he has one outfit, he would split his two outfits. He would take half an outfit and give it to his slave, and he would take, uh, if, for example, there's a red shirt and a red bottom, and a green shirt and a green bottom, he would take the red shirt, wear the green bottom, and he would do the same thing with the slave. So basically he would do 50-50, half and half. He would go very extreme. Okay, another thing about him. When he would be in Madinatul Munawwara, if he saw anyone hoard extra money, he would beat them with a stick. And one time the Prophet ﷺ in his own life, the Prophet ﷺ said that, Bilal, you're going to live alone, you're going to die alone, and you are going to be raised alone. And the Prophet ﷺ also said, but a group of believers of mine will come and read janazah on you. So in the time of Umar bin al-Khattab, his extremism was very difficult for people to handle. Again, he's walking around Medina whooping people if they have an extra pair of clothes, extra shoes. If he came to Isra, we'd all get whooped by Bilal Abu Dhar Literally, he carried a stick around. And this got too high. This, this became too extreme for Sahaba. So Abu Dhar Ghifari says that Umar tells Abu Dhar Ghifari he said, Abu Dhar, sorry to say this, but going to have to ask you to live and be somewhere else. You're, it's difficult for you to be around people. Okay. So he sends him to Rabadah. Rabadah is about an hour, hour and a half from Medina. I've been to this place. The middle of nowhere. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's insane. So he starts living there. Him and his wife. And there's nobody around them at all. Time comes, he gets sick. And he's about, he's on his deathbed. When he's on his deathbed, he says to his wife, I don't think I'll see tomorrow. Start cooking some food and make a good amount of it. He said, what are you talking about? He said, my time of death is coming. She said, we're in the middle of nowhere. He said, we will soon have guests. At the same time, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu is with a group of Sahaba and Tabirin and they're traveling and they're going close to Ramadan. He said, you know, my friend Abu Dhar lives here. Let's stop by and say salam to him. So they go to say salam to Abu Dhar, and his wife is there, so she serves them food. They said, okay, said, we want to meet Abu Dhar. They said, Abu Dhar had just passed away. So he said, how did you know you were going to come? He said, the Prophet Sarsim prophesied that Abu Dhar would live alone, die alone, be raised alone, but a group of Sahaba, a jama'at of people, will pray his Salat al-Janazah. And therefore he prophesied, and he said this, and we knew that this group of people would come. So the janazah was prayed, and Abu Dhar Ghifari was buried in Rabah. Anyway, incredible companion, Abu Dhar Ghifari. Marna Manazar Hassan Gilani has a book written on the life of Abu Dhar Ghifari. It's an order of His first advice, Anna Rajulan shatamahu faqalahu Abu Dhar. A man swore Abu Dhar Ghifari 
he cursed Abu Dhar Ghifar Ali Allah. He said, Ya hadha la tughriqanna fi shatamina. He said, if you want to hate on me, these are companions. If you want to be a hater, and you don't like me, don't drown yourself in my hatred. Like, there's love. You can not like someone, it's okay. But don't be obsessed in not liking someone. Like, that's all you talk about, just how much you hate that person. Don't be obsessed. Leave some room for us to make amends. You want to get in a fight? You want to get in an argument with someone? Okay. But don't burn the bridge so much that there's no room for rectification. Leave some space there so that we can rectify, we can, we can fix things, we can patch things up. فَإِنَّا لَا نُكَافِئْ مَنْ عَصَى اللَّهِ فِينَا بِأَكْثَرِ مِنْ أَنْ نُتِيعَ اللَّهِ فِيهِمْ For we وَفَإِنَّا لَا نُكَافِئْ It is not for us to equate someone who disobeys Allah in us that we don't obey Allah in it. So for example, someone is doing bad to you, someone is harming you, someone is swearing you, someone is cursing you, they're disobeying Allah. The disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not supposed to be coupled with you also disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If someone is doing wrong, do right. To equate and to overpower the wrong that's been done. Two wrongs don't make a right. I know two negatives. In another narration he said, that the one who has two dirhams on the day of judgment or two or more money will have a more aggressive hisab or a more aggressive accounting than the one who has one dirham. The more wealth you have, the more accountability you have. The more dunya you have, the more Allah will ask you on the day of judgment. It's okay to make money. This they say that maldar banna ghalat nahi hai. To be wealthy is not wrong. Dunya dar banna ghalat hai. But to be a person that's worldly, that just cares about the dunya, that is what's wrong. Maldar banna ghalat nahi hai. Dunya dar banna ghalat. The problem isn't in just having wealth, but being a man who just engrossed and just cares and just focuses about the dunya. On the day of judgment, there are four questions that will be asked for us. And one of them is, That your wealth, where did you earn it and how did you spend it? He has a long advice, but before I do this, I'm going to give one of his short advice, inshallah. Abu Dhar Ghifari radiallahu ta'ala who says, وَذِدْتُ أَنِّي كُنْتُ شَجَرَةً أُعْوَدُ وَوَذِدْتُ أَنِّي لَمْ أُخْلَقْ I wish I was a tree that would be uprooted, or I wish I never lived. 
Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anhu heard a man say the Quranic verse Hal ata'ala A time has come upon people or indeed a time has come upon people that when they were something that were insignificant something that wouldn't be mentioned were just a drop of sperm. And Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu Umar bin al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu from the different Sahaba it comes that they would say that وَدِدْتُ أَنِّي لَمْ أُخْلَقْ I wish I was never created. These are great giants of Sahaba. But they were so scared to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the difference between the adab of the Sahaba and us. That's the bottom line. If you really want to know why we are in the generation we are, and they were in the generation they are, is the adab that they had. Today the barakah of knowledge is gone, and the barakah of amal is gone is because adab is gone. They were accepted and Allah blessed them and Allah gave to them because they carried and they guard and they, they held with them adab for Allah and His Messenger. What I am saying or what I am reading is kalam of Allah. It is words of Rasulullah Sallallahu The Prophet Sallallahu says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la tarfa'u Allah says in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu La tarfa'u aswatakum fawqu sawtin nabi wa la tajhaw lahu bilqawli kajahri ba'dikum li ba'din an tahpada a'malukum wa antum la tash'urun That all you who believe, don't even raise your voice in front of the Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The scholars write that when hadith is being recited, don't raise your voice. Quran is being recited, Allah says, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنِ فَاسْتَنِعُوا لَهُ وَأَنْصِتُوا Pay attention, listen. Give your undivided attention. If not, what happens? Your deeds, all the good you do in life, Allah will wipe it clean. And you won't even know that you became bankrupt. The one who has adab of the things that remind them of Allah, that is a sign of taqwa. And if a person doesn't do this, then the opposing is, it's a sign, it's a sign of absence of taqwa. Adab is is a fundamental point. It's a fundamental point. Ad-deenu kulluhu adab. This deen in its entirety is a simple lesson of adab. And if you don't garner adab, and you don't have that element of it, then there's no fayda. Imam Ahmad bin Hamba rahmatullahi would say that ta'allamna al-adab qabla an ta'allamna al-deen. We first learned adab, then we went and we learned deen. We didn't learn knowledge first. We first learned how to seek knowledge. We learned the adab of it, the etiquette of it. And then Allah gave them barakah and blessed them in it. Each student from his teacher learned adab all the way from Rasulullah Sallallahu Abu Dhar Ghifari radiallahu ta'ala says, أَنَّهُ قَامَ يَوْمًا عِنْدَ الْكَعْبَةِ One day he stood by the Kaaba and he said, Ya ayyuhal nas, O people, ana jundub al-ghifari. My name is Jundub from the tribe of Ghafar. Halummu ila al-akhin nasih al-shafiq faqtanafahu al-nas. He said, come towards your brother who advises you and who cares for you and is compassionate towards you, shafaqah for you. When he says this, again, everybody pounced him. Abu Dhabi just got whooped a lot. Yeah. So he says, He gives eight advices. He says, 
Imagine one of you is going on a road trip. It's a long road trip from sea to shining sea. Aren't you going to take some munchies with you? Full tank? Are you going to make a, a trip from sea to some shining sea without your credit card? Without snacks in the back? Without a pillow and a blanket? Trip's a long trip. He says, The road to the day of judgment is longer. مَا تُرِيدُونَ Than what you can travel. فَخُرُوا مِنْهُ مَا يُسْلِحُكُمْ Start packing for that trip what will make that trip easy. قَالُوا وَمَا يُسْلِحُنَا So they said, what's going to make this trip comfortable for us or easy for us? قَالُوا He said, حُجُّوا حَجَّةً لِعِظَامِ الْأُمُورِ do Hajj for great things. Meaning that if you want to accomplish something great, you have big needs, go for Hajj and do the right Hajj. We had one of our students in, in Umrah. Uh, his mother said that I didn't have children for 10 years or more. And then I went for Umrah or Hajj. It was Hajj. And I made Dua there. And right after Allah blessed me with a child. The Duas of the Karba. Don't go unheard. Unless Allah doesn't want to listen to you. May Allah protect us from that. Sumu yawman shadeedan harruhu litulil nushub. Fast for a day where it's hard to fast. Winter fasts are all easy fasts, but fast when it's difficult to fast. So that the effect of the fast lasts longer. صَلُّوا رَكَعْتَيْنِ فِي سَوَادِ اللَّيْلِ لِوَحْشَةِ الْقُبُورِ Pray two rakats in the darkness of the night so that Allah can give you light in your grave. I heard about your brother uh, getting up one of our HIF students. He's like, I don't know if you know this or not. He's 12 years old. He gets up and he reads Quran by himself. He wakes up. His teacher told him one time that it's good for you in the morning. So today I sat him. I asked his, your parents came that morning. I said, does he pray tahajjud? He said, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> he said he memorizes the verse at that time, but it's like super easy for him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rasulullah sallallahu said, Allah has put barakah in my ummah in its early hours. And that time is re- really blessed for the student. Uh, especially who's trying to memorize and learn. So I, 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 I called him in today. And uh, he also does the, he memorizes more than any of the other kids. He's a smart little kid. He yaps all the time. But he's smart. I told him to say G. G meaning yes. And like he was like, what? And I was like, he's like, but, he's like, but I don't do this and I don't even speak Urdu at home. I was like, I don't care. You're going to say G for me. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I told the kid the same thing. I was telling the parents today. I told his parents, I said that if your son does gains nothing, is that he gets the habit of praying two rakat tahajjud in the morning and doing dura. I said, then you can sleep at night peacefully knowing that your kid is connected to Allah. Like if this habit becomes part and parcel of him, then know you as a parent have succeeded.
in your child, no matter what he does now. Because he's talking to Allah in the best time. Most of us are up at that time. We're just not talking to Allah, we're talking to somebody else. <laughs> Point is to talk to Allah a little bit. Talk to the Creator a little bit. Make things easier. As my friend says, Qatratain. What is it? Rakatain uh, wa Qatratain. Two plus two. Two rakats and two teardrops. Mm. It's a solution for any problem. So pray at nighttime, for the grave is really dark. Kalimatu khayrin taquluha aw kalimatu su'in tasqutu anha liwukufi yawmin a'aleem. There's two things. A good word that you may say or a bad thing that you stay quiet about, that you don't comment about. Because one day you have to stand on a really difficult day. And every word, Nothing comes out, but it's documented. There's screenshots, there's notes. The angels write and document it. Give charity from your wealth so that you may save Tanju, you may be safe from the difficulties of the dunya. Someone was telling me the other day. I thought it was really beautiful. They said, anytime I spoil myself and buy something expensive, I give that exact amount of money in charity. So if I buy a $300, I don't know, shoot, then I give $300 in sadaqah. If I can spend that much on me, I can spend that much on charity. اِجْعَلِ الدُّنْيَا مَجْلِسَيْنِ Make the dunya two types. Make, make the dunya for you, the days of the dunya, two types of days. Or make your moments two moments. Majlisan fi talab al A moment where you are seeking the hereafter. Wa majlisan fi talab al halal. Or a moment where you're seeking halal. Wa thalith. Don't make a third moment. Yabur It will harm you. Wala yanfa'uk. It won't benefit you. La turiduhu. Don't desire it. Ij'al al-mal dirhamain. Make your money two dollars. Dirhaman tunfiquhu ala iyalika min haylihi. One dollar you spend on your family. Wa dirhaman tuqaddimuhu li akhiratik. And a dollar you put forward for the hereafter. So every money, every all the wealth you have, two dollars. Right? One dollar for the akhira, one dollar for your family. Yourself. The third option is going to harm you and not benefit you. Not to you. Don't seek it. Then he said with a loud voice, Ya ayyuhannas, O people, You know what's destroyed humanity? Greed. For attaining something you will never attain. The greed to attain something you will never attain will end up destroying you. You can never be the wealthiest person in the world. You can never be the smartest person in the world. You can never be the strongest person in the world. Greed will destroy you. 
people sit there focused and that's all they care about, the desire of more and wanting more and more and more. And you can't have it all. Don't destroy yourself in the unattainable. Focus on the hereafter. Finish off with one, one ayah. Allah says in the Quran, وَبَتَغِ فِي مَا آتَاكَ اللَّهِ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ Seek what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you for the hereafter. وَلَا تَنْسَ نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا Don't forget about your portion in the dunya. وَأَحْسِنَ And be gracious and good. كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكَ The way Allah has been good to you. وَلَا تَبْغِ الْفَسَادَ فِي الْأَرْضِ Don't do fasad and fitna on earth. Don't be the person who does corruption on earth. Any questions?